This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What, Billy up? This is the game. Yeah. It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. <laughs> yes. He is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant. Fall Obsession, baby. Welcome back, everybody, to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. If you guys are new listeners and your first time to tune in, I am Sam Thrash with Fall Obsession. I will be your host for this week's podcast episode. Thank you all for listening. And we got a couple of guests on the line with us today. Um, Derek and Lacey from the Mississippi Bowhunters Association. What's up, guys? How are y'all doing? Doing great. Doing great. Nice to be here. Well, we're happy to have you all on board and join us for this week's episode. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we always, we're happy we always to be like here. talking about bow hunting. Absolutely. Bow hunting's where it's at. Well, guys, um, our listeners know the drill. If you've been a listener for a while and kind of kick off our conversation here today, this podcast is brought to our listeners by our friends over at Elite Archery. We're super grateful to our partnership with them over there. I'm running the cure this year. It is a bad to the bone killing machine. Looking forward to getting out and shooting some whitetail with it this year. And I believe that our friends Derek and Lacey, you guys are shooting Elite as well. Is that correct? That's right. They shoot it for right. about uh, three years. Three years. Awesome. What are you running? That's all there is, right? Elite. I mean, it's, yeah, as far as we're concerned, you know, I mean, that that's where it's at Absolutely. right there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> What what kind of setups are y'all running this year? Well, I started off with the Ritual 33, and then I bought a Ritual 35, and then when the Cure came out, I uh, ordered it, so that's uh, that's what I'll be hunting with this year. Awesome. And, uh, of course, have the CBE um, Engage Hybrid on two of those bows, and I have the Engage Micro on, on the, my tournament bow. And, of course, we're using the Slick Trick Standards for deer season. That's uh, what I shot with my prong form with. Um, during turkey season, I use the Raptor Trick. It's pretty nasty. 
yeah um, in the course of the torques and uh, we both swapped to the um, we were shooting the trigger releases last year and we both swapped to the scott sigma this year so that's been uh it's been a little different and uh, something else to learn something to tinker with but we're both getting a lot better with it good deal what kind of setup are you running lacy um, I started out with a Ritual 30. Uh, that's what I, I started hunting with. And then last year I also bought a Cure and did some of my 3D archery with my Cure. I will be hunting with my Ritual 30 this year. Um, like he said, I have a, a CB Micro on my Ritual and I have a hybrid on my Cure. Uh, of course, torque stabilizers and I also shoot the Sleek Trick standard uh, during hunting season. So awesome well again for our listeners if you guys have not already please go check out elite archery um as you know we shoot them here at fall obsession Derek and Lacey are shooting them um really awesome equipment go to your local dealer pick one up um take the elite shootability challenge just throw it up against another bow compare it compare it to your bow see what you think um I always say that the biggest mistake you can make is buying another bow before you at least try an elite so go check them out couldn't agree couldn't agree more absolutely but be prepared to buy if you go shoot (laughs) (laughs) be prepared to buy have money in hand (laughs) exactly i think something to add to that too sam is i have had about three people say hey man can i shoot that cure and it was the same exact thing the first time i shot a cure i threw it back and i was like wow and we were at actually a bow shoot two weeks ago representing the mississippi bow hunters association and a guy that uh, was shooting one of the competitors bows he said, man, can I shoot your bow? I said, absolutely. And he drew it back, and the first thing out, I mean, he had literally got it settled. He said, wow. And, I mean, that's just, I mean, that is just a common theme with people when they draw that bow back. It is that sweet. Uh, I agree. When I shot, a, I shot a different brand of bow until last year when I got a Ritual 33 in my hand and enjoyed that bow and then this year picking up the the cure for the first time even compared to my ritual i was just, i was blown away that that bow is is something else and then the set technology being able to tune that thing just with a with a few turns on an allen screw uh, i've tuned several of them for myself and other guys at this point and every time it's just it, it blows my mind <laughs> my. well guys to kind of kickstart farther into our conversation one thing that i want to talk to you guys about was the mississippi bowhunters association what what is that what do you guys do for folks over there um with the nba well in um basically we're the voice of bowhunters in mississippi um you know we're actively promoting on our, our, our social media pages um, you know just trying to get people to get out and shoot their bows um, you know we try to get people to get involved with the 3d um, just really anything that can get people out outside and, and shooting their bows more than, you know, picking it up a week before the season starts. Um, you know, one of the other things is, you know, sometimes legislature has things come up that they try to push things through, and basically we try to protect archery season in Mississippi. And I know there are a lot of different organizations across the country that uh, that do that do those kind of works, like, for instance, you know, and, and I'm all about people having an opportunity to be outdoors and hunting. Um, but, uh, for instance, in Mississippi, they had um, they were trying to get the air rifle, which was no strings, no limbs, 
uh, approved for anybody to use during archery season and, and of course based off of our mission and, and kind of you know the, the, the direction that we're on you know we, we called our legislatures and educated them on that it wasn't archery equipment that it was actually an air rifle that projected a, an arrow and um, you know kind of rallied the troops and we called senators we called representatives um, you know we any, anybody we could call that was connected uh, we called them and uh, was able to get that bill killed uh, on the floor, which was a big win for, for archers in Mississippi. And I'd actually, you know, uh, called the American Trade uh, Archery Trade Association and kind of gotten their input and, you know, got some feedback from them as far as, you know, their their stance on the air rifle. And that was exactly what our stance was. So we felt real comfortable with, with the message and, and, and the, the information that, uh, that we were able to share and, and get that killed. So, um, but other than that, you know, we, um, with the, uh, with the NBA, we, you know, we're trying to get people to join. We send out a magazine, uh, two magazines a year. Um, of course we have decals and things of that nature, hats and things and stuff like that. Just try to get people to, uh, to wear those, put them on the back of their truck or whatever the case may be to show their support for the Mississippi bow hunters and archery and those kind of things. Uh, one of the other things that, uh, personally, Lacey and I have both been doing the last couple of years is, you know, there's several different organizations in Mississippi that represent archery or uh, or bow hunting. So one of the things I've been that we've personally been trying to do is kind of be a liaison between the two and and try to get it to where we're all on the same page towards the same mission. Because as far as growing archery, if we can all get on the same page and and as far as having that growing archery in mind, then we all win. And so that, that's been my message with anybody that I speak to, uh, with, you know, maybe the Mississippi Archery Association, um, try to do some stuff with the ASA Federation in Mississippi. Uh, we have um, some good friends that are pretty good ASA shooters. And um, so anyway, we're just really just trying to, trying to get everybody on the same page and towards the same mission so that way everyone benefits as far as being archer in mississippi i gotcha that's really cool how many how big is the organization how many members do y'all have now right now i think we have about 800 um lacy would uh we're kind of in a transition right now as far as who's keeping up with the the data um that we had a we had a person that was taking care of all the orders as far as merchandise new memberships and things of that nature um, and she actually uh, retired. I say retired. All we're all volunteers in this organization. Nobody gets paid. Uh, we're just doing it because we love it. Um, but anyway, the person that was doing it was a little bit older and decided it was time to go home, and you know, just decided it wasn't something they wanted to participate in anymore, just because of the time and things of that nature. And so, actually, Lacey is uh, our membership director. And she's taken over all the membership stuff. So, but to answer the question, we're probably about 800 members right now. Um, but uh, we're, we're gaining new members every single day. And it's, it's awesome. How did yeah, we're really we're wanting to work really hard at you know keeping our members current and gaining new members and you know really working at our communication, like Derek was saying, through multiple organizations in the state. Um, to, to have one voice when it comes to archery and bow hunting. And, you know, there's power in numbers, and, and that's definitely our goal. 
uh, just to, to share our passion, to share the love of bow hunting, to share the love of archery, um, and get, get people on board with our organization um, so that so that they're informed of things going on, you know, in the state, whether it be, you know, like you said, with the legislation or, or things like that that could affect everybody. Um, so we're really excited. There's lots of new moving parts um, in what we're doing, and I'm pretty new to the role and, and new to getting, like you said, the data together and things of that nature. And we've really got some good ideas brainstorming to, to make the moving parts move a little bit better with the communication and, and things of that nature um, because education is power too. So that's, that's just some goals that we have going into this next year. Um, just to make our organization a little bit stronger and, and work for the people a little bit better. Absolutely. And more efficient. <laughs> we're, we're definitely working on the yes. efficiency side. How, how did you, you two become involved with it in the first place? Um, have you all been there pretty much since the start, or were you, were you able to jump in at a certain point? Or? No, about, uh, about two years ago, um, Steve Brown, he's our president right now, and he was uh, incoming president. He knew the work that I had done with my job and just um, promoting with social media. I manage a bunch of uh, about 30 social media pages for the company that I work for, Farrell Company, and um, and some other side gigs that I do for social media, as well as my own personal social media. <clears throat> anyway, he, he knew the work that I'd done uh, for Farrell Company, and he knew my passion for bow hunting. And so anyway, he called me and said, hey, I... I I could use your help. Would you be interested? And I said, well, you know, what, what all would it entail? And he said, well, yeah, I know you're really good with the social media. Um, and so it just kind of started from there, catapulted from there. So I'm, I'm the public relations slash media director for uh, Mississippi Bowhunters Association. And um, so that's that's kind of what exactly my role has been for the last two years. And I've been a member before, but never was real active. But... Um, so anyway, that's that's kind of how I got started. Just you know, a, a friend that was incoming president said, "Hey, I need your help," and said, "Sure, why not?" And then as and then as far as me, Derek got involved, and I have really good organization techniques about myself. So, um, <laughs> yes. and of course, my love of archery as well. So, I mean, we Derek and I hunt together. Uh, we shoot in the backyard together. We prep food plots together, and you know, this is just something that we were able to to do together as well. So we just make a pretty good team. So that's how I ended up in it. Very cool. Yeah, Lacey's very organized, and she likes to plan <laughs> and um, you know make sure she wants everything to be working exactly like it's supposed to be working. And I'm in sales, and I'm you know typically sales people aren't that organized. There may be a handful of people out there that may be organized. I'm not one of them. <laughs> um, so so the, the, the teamwork of, of what we do now, I mean, Lacey's just, she's already just in a couple of weeks of, of getting you know, part of the treasury and shipping, those kind of things. I mean, people are going to be getting their orders a lot sooner. And I mean, it's just, uh, it's just good stuff, you know, I mean, because whenever anybody clicks, you know, if somebody you know, gets on there and orders a pronghorn country shirt from Fall Obsession, then... They expect to get an email back, hey, thank you for your order, uh, your order has shipped, your order has arrived, or things of that nature, and that's, that's, that's kind of what we're working to. 
Awesome. Very, yeah, very we're good. definitely great. Uh, thankful to have Lacey step up and do that role. Well, I'm sure they're appreciative like of both of y'all. <laughs> yeah. Vol yeah, volunteering your time that, that that's very cool. So, so for bow hunters in Mississippi, if we have some listening um, to this episode, how and they're not members yet, how can they go about becoming members of the Mississippi Bow Hunters Association? Lacey. Okay, so uh, reach out. They can go to the website, which is www.mississippibowhunters.com, um, and they can register and join there. Um, at that point in time, you know, they'll get a welcome pack uh, that includes several different items, just depending on the, if they do a year or two-year membership or lifetime membership. Um, if anybody has any difficulty with the website joining there, I'm always available. Um, they can reach out on the NBA Facebook page or Instagram page. Uh, Derek will answer those um, inquiries. Or we both have personal Facebook pages uh, that we do a lot with NBA with. Mine's Lacey, Joan Fowle, this is Derek Eves. Um, and we'll be glad to assist anybody any way we can with that. Very cool. There you go, guys. If y'all are from Mississippi and interested in joining up and seeing what they're all about, there's some info for you guys to go check out, and we'll link some stuff in our pages for the episode post here as well. So That's right. And, I mean, and like I said earlier, we work for the archers of Mississippi, the bow hunters of Mississippi. That's who we work for. Uh, none of us get paid a single dime to do this. We do it strictly because we love it and uh, strictly because we want to protect the future of archery in Mississippi. Sam, I do want to say, you know, Derek has, has been a bow hunter for several years. I'm still pretty new to bow hunting. I've been doing this for, for three years now. Um, picked it up never three years ago would I have dreamed that I would enjoy and have such a passion uh, for, for my bow hunting and archery that I do. If we could bring 10 new people to find the love of bow hunting or archery that we have, I mean, that would just be phenomenal to me. Um, we, we see that a lot of the archery is somewhat of a lost art. You've got all these new, new things that come out that, that people want to try and they may get away from their bow. Um, but especially children, women, you know, I know that that could be very non-traditional. Um, I don't see a lot of bow hunters, women bow hunters in Mississippi, I would really love to see that grow. Um, so if, if anybody's out there listening, you know, just just try one time. Call Derek and I. We've got a range set up in the backyard. We'll make an arrangement for you to come and shoot with us. Just We just want to share that passion. I mean, that's really why I want to be an advocate for this group is to share the passion to, to show people how much joy and how much fun you can have and just getting outdoors, if it's outside in your backyard, if it's in the woods hunting, if it's at a 3D archery tournament. Um, you know, that that's what we want to see is that true passion shared throughout our state and, and even outside the walls of our state if we can even reach that. Absolutely. That is, that is awesome. Not at a specific scale for like you guys are with the state of Mississippi, but that is that is something that we definitely encourage people to do as well ourselves with 
um, whether it's whether it's guys, girls, or or especially the youth out there. Um, spend time outdoors. Spend time out there shooting your bow. You don't have to hunt. Just get outside and man, like you said, shoot your bow. Bow hunt everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I tell you what, it we get outside after we get in from work a lot of times, or just about every day, unless it's raining or something else is going on. We get outside to shoot and. I tell you what, I may have had a stressful day at work, but when I get outside and I sling about 20 or 30 arrows, I mean, it's just like a whole calm comes across me and just kind of wipes away the day almost. So it's a, it's just a, it's a, it's a peaceful, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I, you know, I can't explain it. It's just, it's very relaxed. Yes. Unless you're not hitting where you want to hit. <laughs> then it's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and then you spend the Yeah, then you but spend the whole afternoon you know, tweaking your bow. <laughs> you work that out. Yeah. yeah. So, what uh I know you guys you mentioned briefly one of y'all about planting food plots together and doing all that kind of stuff together and I know one of the one of the things that I've noticed keeps popping up either on your personal social media pages or in some of your posts is is I mean it's obvious your passion for bow hunting, but then you say bow hunt everything. You know I've I've seen that more than once in y'all stuff. And um, so tell me about this season. Tell me about what you guys have set up for this year for y'all and where you're going to be, what you're going to be hunting, and all that. Yeah, we um, I have a actually have a hunting camp right behind my house, and uh, that I help manage. And uh, I have another camp with some other friends, and then I have a little uh, hundred acre uh, lease. And people I work for have have some land that's uh, got a good many deer on it and stuff. So, um, you know, we've been putting up uh, lock-ons. We have been, uh, <laughs> one day, I mean, it was 95, 100 degrees outside. And we spent six hours blazing a trail uh, through the woods just to be able to get back to where I hung the lock-on at. Oh wow! Uh, the reason we did that was if we were if we were to shoot something back there. I mean, I mean, I, I know a lot of you know some of the people out west and stuff. They'll you know, you know pack it out right there. But here in Mississippi, we like to throw it in the back of the Ranger, or, you know, just side by side or something like that, and get it back to the skin and shed. So uh, anyway, Lacey and I went in there one day, and we I mean it was probably six hours, five or six hours, and I mean we were exhausted. So it's it, we've been <laughs> we've been at it pretty good since about June, just. Um, you know, just trying to think back to what the deer did last year. Because so um, a couple of properties were newer properties, um, and kind of what uh, what what like one camp uh, two years ago, the bucks came through. You know, about a bunch of does, but the bucks only come through about six seven days out of the year. And then last year they didn't come through. Another part of the camp they were pretty active, so uh, we we moved. Uh, we got a couple lock holes at some strategic locations where. A lot of the movement was going on. Um, a lot of acorns are falling right now, which is uh, surprising to me this year. They're falling a lot, a lot faster. I think uh, some of the hurricanes that came through and all the wind and rain, and then it got dry and then it got windy. And so, um, so anyway, that's we've been hanging lock-ons, uh, ground blinds. Uh, we have some uh, we have some feeders filled up. Uh, you know, I've got one place that's got deer eating 600 pounds of feed every two weeks oh my word yeah so which is a good thing and a bad thing because the good thing is they're in there and they're staying in there but the bad thing is is it's getting expensive <laughs> yeah 
that's a bad side of it. Um, so, uh, and we're actually we're we're planting uh, green fields, or we worked at one of our camps last weekend. Uh, just doing some bush hog and disking and things like that. But it's been so dry here recently that uh, we didn't plant anything. We just wanted to get some moisture in the ground. So we're going to actually do that tomorrow at the camp behind my house and uh, get some of that stuff cut up and, and uh, section haired and then get some, get some seed on the ground in the ground and hopefully have some of that stuff start growing up good. So we've had the mineral blocks, mineral licks out. I guess normal stuff is, is, is things, that, things that we do around here. Work hard. Lots of cameras. Hard. Oh yeah, lots of cameras. Excellent. Y'all got any uh, any good deer showing up this year? Depends on who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not from Mississippi, so. That is a loaded question. haven't seen a deer all year, Sam. All right, I'll 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 take your word no, for it. Yeah. We um. That dang raccoons yeah, we, are eating all that corn up. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we we have a we have a few hit listers. And, uh, we got one that that uh, was a decent one last year, but he's he's a real nice one this year. I mean, for the area that we hunt, you know, if you get one forty uh, east central Mississippi, that's pretty good. I mean, that's a real nice buck. Of course, uh, we we have some bigger ones that are that are around, but. You know, I'm, I'm thinking the, the one that I really want to get. I know he's a, he's a mature deer. As far as bee hunting, if, um, if you know, I typically don't shoot one unless it's a mature deer, and so um, which can be hard to come by in Mississippi. But um, we have uh, we have about three mature deer. Uh, one came out after the rain yesterday in daylight, about eight o'clock, and then he came back in about six o'clock yesterday huh. in the. Uh, in the sun, in, in the daylight. So you know, we all like those daylight picks. So, but if, if but if you see me post anything about, um, uh, you know, if I'm sitting there or if Lacey's sitting there, grinning with a big old rack, and we call it, and we say the name Blade, he's the main one. So, all Blade, right, Blade's the main target. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll we'll keep our eyes out for sure. <laughs> so, is the majority of the hunting? We're gonna be flipping coins to to see who goes and hunts that spot. Taking turns. I know how that is. Yep. <laughs> so is the majority of the places you guys hunt, is it is it there in Mississippi, or do you all venture out and, and hunt anything other than whitetail? I know you, Derek, you you posted and I think shared with us as a part of our pronghorn country campaign um, an antelope hunt that you had this year. Yeah, yeah, that was a blast. Last fall we went to Kentucky and hunted and um, had a real good hunt there. Uh, actually, I, I shot a five-and-a-half-year-old, uh, 245-pound buck from Kentucky. He scored 148. Lacey and I were actually, we're hunting with a buddy of mine, Sam. His name's actually Sam, too. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we were sitting in the blind together, and the buck came up, and I, and I was told Lacey to get ready. And, and we, we just kind of hung out for a little bit, and she said, oh, you don't have to shoot him, you don't have to shoot him. So I went ahead and hooked up, too, and ended up, deer ended up walking up there to 23 yards, just standing there broadside, and he had, there was two bushes, and I could see his vitals right behind his front shoulder perfectly, and we had a doe that was literally five, ten yards from the blind, probably more closer to five, she was directly getting downwind of us, and whenever she cleared out of that side window, Lacey was sitting there, and the bush was right on where she needed to shoot, 
so when it was go time, you know, I'm sure you've been in a situation like that. When it's time to shoot, it's just time to go. Yeah. And anyway, the doe stepped behind the the um, blind there, and I just I think she says to blow, and it says to all be over with. Uh, I drew back and punched him um, with that uh, slick trick standard. That's the blade that we shoot. It was a 23 yards, a 245-pound buck. It smashed his uh, his left front shoulder. And, I mean, literally, when I shot him, his leg went out like he'd been shot with a rifle. Oh, my. It, it, it crushed his front shoulder, went, crushed it, went through a rib, went through his heart. It didn't go all the way. If you hit his other shoulder, it didn't go all the way through. But now we're talking about a big, big deer. And that already, I mean, literally centered his shoulder because he had his left leg kind of back. But yeah, went right through his heart. He ran about 70 yards, 80 yards, and kind of got a little wobbly. And I saw his head go to the right. Didn't know if he turned to go to, to keep running or if he, he fell. And actually, he tipped over right there because all I all but see was the top of his wrap. And he tipped over right there. So that was, uh, but that was Kentucky last year. I'm planning on going back up there to help my buddy again this year. Um, but yeah, the pronghorn, man, that was that was my first time ever go pronghorn hunting too. Um, and I tell you what, man, it was uh, first time going to Montana, first time going pronghorn hunting, and man, there were there were just there were goats everywhere. I mean, just everywhere. Um, first day, uh, just kind of a little quick story here. The first day, I get there at like eleven thirty at night, uh, get in bed about twelve thirty, get up at four o'clock the next morning. Uh, we grab some quick breakfast, go get the blind, and we're hunting a waterhole. Um, and, and so anyway, I had some bucks come through, and I'm glassing them. But, you know, I had one come by at 40 yards, just standing broadside for about a minute, which is a really long time for a speed goat to sit mm-hmm. still. Get back to the camp, and I actually had the, the one in the killing, too. He, he came in, but he didn't get within 100 yards of the water hole. And even looking at him, I wasn't real sure, because I just, I mean, I had looked online. I, you know, I knew kind of what to be looking for, but in the moment, live, looking through the glass, I just really couldn't didn't know what I what I was really looking at. We get back to the camp to eat supper, and they had a, an antelope uh, mounted on the wall. And I was like, so that's a shooter? And the guy said, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I said, well, I had two bigger than that in range today. <laughs> he goes, oh, wow, are you serious? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm dead serious. Now, keep in mind, it was 100 degrees in Montana. Oh, my. I mean, I, yeah, you know, when I booked that trip, I was like, well, I'm going to go to Montana. It's going to be 70 degrees. It's going to be nice. You know, this Mississippi heat and all that stuff. No. I mean, it was if, if it had been Mississippi 100 degrees, I probably would have died in that blind that day. It would have been too bad. But, um, but yeah, no, I had two in range. And he goes, well, don't worry about it. You'll have some more come in. And, uh, sure enough. The, uh, the next day, I had uh, the next morning, I had one at 30 yards. He was walking pretty good. And I probably got, you know, I'm one of these kinds that when the animals come out, my heart gets beating and I get excited. And, you know, when I draw back, usually I'm kind of in the mode that I need to be in. But, but I think my heart, I was just, you know, when you're on trips like that, different plays, different animals, stuff like that, you just, some, you, you have a tendency occasionally to rush things. And I rushed a 30-yard shot on, on one that he was a beautiful, beautiful buck. Um, wasn't as big as the one they ended up getting, but he, he, was, he was beautiful. And uh, anyway, I cut some hair on him. Didn't do anything. That was, that was all. He got away. But I was pretty bummed about that. 
Um, and then uh, the, the third day, uh, that next morning, I had one come in. He was a shooter, but I knew that there was a bigger one around. So I was like, well, I'm still have another day and a half. So I'm just going to kind of hang tight and see what happens. Well, uh, with, and, but he, as one of the blinds I was in, the the bucks and the doe and, every, and all of them, they had this one ridge. So whether, whether they come from my right or my left, they had this one ridge that they would cover and they would walk that ridge and then they would just fall off on the other side of it. Uh, um, I asked the guy, I said, so what's on the other side of that ridge? He goes, oh, we have another water hole over there. I was like, okay. I was like, that's where I'm going tomorrow, or this afternoon. He goes, okay, that'll be, that'll be good. I said, because all, all the bugs are going over there. I said, the big one that I had come by a couple times, he went over there. And so, anyway, as we were going to drop, he was going to drop me off. The big buck was about four or 400 yards from the water hole. So, he dropped me off. I got in the blind. It was kind of a down in the little bowl. So you really, you know, usually when you're hunting out there, you can see a long ways. But in this situation, I, the furthest I could see was about 75 yards. So, I mean, I had my head on a swivel. I was in there, got in the blind about 2.30. And, I mean, I was just constantly scanning the whole time, left, right, left, right. Had a few does come in, fall. And it actually had some come up, you know, that, the, um, the, the pronghorn, whenever I guess they see another antelope or they kind of get a little spooky or something, they'll just, they kind of have this little noise that they make. They'll go, kind of like that, which, you know, I'd never heard. I, first time I heard it, I was like, what was that? <laughs> so, but anyway, it, I, several of them let me know that they were there just because of them making that sound. Um, but um, but anyway, so about 6, I guess it's probably about 6.15, maybe 6.30 um, that afternoon. Um, you know, I already had I had that uh, engage hybrid single pin on my uh, cure. Well, I had it on thirty. No, I had it on fifty-five because I figured they will come out across the water hole. And but I left my my lock down unlocked, so that way if something came out a little bit further or a little bit closer, I could dial it up or dial it down. Gotcha. So I'm sitting there and I look to my left. Uh, right to the corner. And I already gotten all my ranges of, of, of where I thought maybe I could get some shots at. And he comes down to 30 yards. And so, if he comes down from my left, too, which is absolutely perfect, all I had to do was grab my bow. And I already had my release hooked up to my bow. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and I grab my bow with my left hand. And when I do, I dial it back up to 30 real quick, grab the release, and have my little stand on the ground threw the bow up while it was on the ground and then just started easing my bow up real slow. And if any of the listeners out there have never hunted a pronghorn, those things are spook that those are the spookiest animals I think I've ever seen. I, almost, I, I mean they're worse than a wild turkey. But so I got my bow up real slow and he spooked and he turned and was facing dead at me. And I was like, Oh man, he can see me. Um, so I'm sitting there holding it holding it, holding it, which is another good thing about that, too, is you can hold it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm fixing to put this air right, right in his chest. I'm putting it right in his chest. Well, by that time, he turns back and starts getting some water. And I put that hand right behind his front shoulder, and I hit that release trigger, and that air flew, and, I mean, it just melted through his body. And whenever I saw that air, I felt through him, and I was like, boy... You are in trouble. <laughs> so, 
good. He, he wheeled around and stopped for about a half a second. He started kind of coming out of that bowl a little bit. He had a little knoll that he had to get over. And about the time he hit that knoll, those old back legs started getting a little, little wobbly on him. But he made it over the knoll, and he went about five more steps. And he goes, you know, you know, you know how they stagger and stuff. So he started staggering. I was going, go down, go down, go down. And he jumped over and did a flip right there, held his head up a couple times. And, I mean, literally, from the time that era went through his body to the time he died was about 15 seconds. I mean, that's, that's as good as it gets. Wow. And I, I, I video my hunts, uh, but the bad thing is I'm not real good at turning the camera on when it's time to shoot, <laughs> back to the whole heart thing. So I get I get excited. And uh, I've always, uh, you know, a couple turkeys I killed this year, I didn't have my, my uh, uh, camera turned on for the shot, and I just, I just get excited and forget. But anyway, as the... As the Antelope, as the small goat was fixing to go down, I did grab my camera and turned it on. And when he went down, I mean, you can imagine how excited I was and how pumped up. And so, anyway, I'll have a video coming on my YouTube page with uh, not the shot, but the shot, which is pretty entertaining. That's awesome. To say the least. <laughs> 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 so, anyway, yeah, that's... That that uh, that August uh, goat hunt is an awesome way to kick off your season. Man, I I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I've gotten to do some pronghorn hunt myself. This this year is actually the I, I've been drawn the last two years, gone the last two years, and this year was the first year that I haven't been able to go. But um, two oh, years man. ago, 2018, I kind of kind of the opposite. I went a little later, also in Montana, but it was. It was uh, real cold and kind of wet, starting out the first two or three mm-hmm. days or so. We they weren't hitting the water yep. holes. We were trying the spot and stock, and like my first stock ever, I had one come in. It was like under 30 yards, and I is a decent buck. Looking back at it, looking back at the footage, I should have shot it, but I didn't know. I didn't know what was good, what wasn't. So I let him go and. I was like, man, I should have shot that one looking back at it. But three days later, I'll just say, long story short, three days later it warmed up, hit the water hole, 20 minutes in, stud, biggest one we'd seen all week, came in and smoked him. So I know the rush, I know the feeling. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And i tell you what, man, I've, you know, turkey hunting is, 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 has been my real passion for a long, long, long time. And... Um, I've been on a lot of turkey hunt trips, been on a few whitetail trips, and but I've never, uh, I, I told Lacey, you know, when I, when it was time to leave Montana, it was just something about that place that was like, inside of me was saying, you need to stay, but I knew I had to come home, but yeah, you know, it was just a, it just, that was just a cool, cool place. It, it, it is magical to hunt, that's for sure, and the, oh, both, both times man, I've been up there, man, it's just, it is awesome, I love it. Yeah. Going back next year. Yeah, I hope so too. We'll see. Hopefully, we get I get drawn this next year again. Again, I don't know what happened this year. <laughs> um, other than that, I have a trip for uh, plan to go to Kansas. Uh, I got drawn uh, up there this year, so it's going to be kind of a it's uh, in the Haddam, Kansas area, it's pretty close to Nebraska. And uh, anyway, I'm going up there uh, for a seven-day bow hunt, starting on October the 24th through the 31st. Awesome. So 
try to catch a little pre-rut action going on. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then Lacey and I are going to go back to uh, Kentucky. We haven't finalized what exactly. We're kind of trying to work that out. My buddies work with us to go do that. Uh, and we usually go up there on a Wednesday, Thursday through Sunday kind of deal. You know, just uh, have a good time. The, um, the only other thing I would say is as far as bow hunting, and I know a lot of people in the South don't do it, especially in Mississippi, is what I mentioned to earlier as far as my passion for turkey hunting. But turkey hunting with a bow, um, about 90% of the time I'm not in a blind, so it's a significant challenge because of their eyesight, obviously. Um, but if you, if you, and I have, I can't tell you how many people say, man, I've always wanted to shoot a turkey with my bow. Oh, I mean, I just, I just can't make myself do it. I just can't make myself do it. Well, if you're listening and you're a turkey hunter, this coming spring, make yourself at least one week, just take your bow and just give it a try and, uh, see how much fun you can have. Because number one. It can be heart pounding to shoot one in the head with your with the shotgun, no doubt about it. Um, but you take you multiply that times about ten when it's a gobbler standing there gobbling and strutting, spitting and drumming with your bows in your hand and your hands in there shaking and you're sitting there in that air. You look down and that air is shaking. I mean, it's just man, it's just, it's just it's unbelievable the amount of pressure it is and and how how intense the moments are. But also when you're bow hunting for turkeys is you have to watch them a lot and they tend to get out well number one they have to be closer than what you have shooting with with a shotgun i mean i can't tell you how many times i've had gobblers at you know three yards five yards seven yards gobbling strutting right there in my face and you know i mean it's just it's intense trust make yourself do it take that bow for about a week in the woods and, uh, and try to get one with your bow because it'll be uh, it'll be fun. It's one of the, if you take like it for a week, you'll be hooked. You'll be hooked. I, yeah, oh, I yeah. took mine, started out with mine last season, and never wanted not one time to go back and pick my shotgun up. Wow. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it's one of those things that once you once you start and once you're successful with it, you it's it's hard to go back. <laughs> oh yeah. It really is. I mean, and it's it's a different, it's a totally different hunt. You know, my brother and I, we we go hunt about one or two days out of the year. Um, in the last five times we've been hunting, my brother's killed four with his gun. So it's a you know it's a it's a totally different hunt. You know, usually if I'm hunting with a buddy that that has a that has a gun, likely that I'm not going to get shot. But that's okay too because I like the whole the whole experience. But um, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, the first year I dedicated to bow hunt turkeys for a whole season, I did. I drew back on one bird and did not kill a bird the first year. The second, the second year I killed a couple, and I killed a couple every year until this past year I killed three. And, uh, but, I mean, it's just a learning process. You know, my philosophy is, you know, if, if one comes in and you can't get thrown back, just sit still and let him walk off because a spooked bird is a lot harder to hunt than a calm bird. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's um, it's intense. I love it. I just encourage you to do it. Absolutely. Well, guys, we are uh, approaching that magic time that we uh, that we always try to try to shoot for. 
But before we wrap up, I got some questions to hit both of y'all with. Uh, we call them our rapid fire questions. Some stuff that we ask everybody the first time they join us on a fall obsession podcast. So if y'all are good with that, I'll I'll throw them your way. Ready. Send them all. All right. First question is, what is one of your favorite hunting or outdoor memories? For me, it was my first kill with my bow. Um, unforgettable. It was a doe. Uh, she weighed about 140 pounds. Shot her at 23 yards. Perfect heart shot. Um, that feeling was amazing. And I will never, ever, ever forget that. Um, as long as I live, I felt like a child again. <laughs> it was, I, I think I actually cried a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it was awesome. What about for you, Derek? Uh, my favorite memory, you know, I, I guess it would have to be, uh, I guess it would have to be a turkey I killed. Uh, I, I named him Goliath. He was an old bird, and I had been hunting him for three years, and finally had him at 30 yards and was able to bring him down. I mean, just, uh, <clears throat> I dreamed about that bird, like literally dreamed about that. Um, but I, I, I think that was uh, probably one of my one of my most favorite. And the pronghorns were up there pretty good, but I'd have to say the wild turkey, just uh, it's just something about it, man. I love it. Absolutely. Well, the second question that I have for y'all is, what is a bucket list hunt that y'all have not gotten to do yet? Mm, my bucket I list. have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd say my bucket list would be... Um, an elk trip. I had intended on going on an elk hunt this year. It's something I've just never uh, taken the opportunity to do, but uh, some opportunities have, have come up and um, I planned on doing it this year, but some things didn't work out. And uh, but anyway, I have uh, I am going to hunt with uh, with some friends. I'm going to go with them while they do their rifle hunt. But um, I have some plans next year for uh, either Colorado or New Mexico. And then uh, for 2022, I have a plan to go to Montana for a backcountry outside. So that'll be a, that'll be a, a different challenge, something cool. And I've never stayed in a tent like that before. And they told me I need to start go ahead and get in shape now. Man, the those backcountry elk hunts and everything. One of our one of our guys, um, Drew Tordick, he's our marketing manager. He he does that every single year. So I know he, he's actually done a couple podcasts for us in the past um, on Fall Obsession Podcast mm-hmm. over that kind of stuff. Um, so you can check out those, and then I, if you, I can put you in touch with him too because he'd be a great resource to have on, on gear and, uh, and just, again, firsthand experience on what he's gone through out there. So he, he goes the whole nine yards out there. Absolutely. That'd be great. All right. What's your bucket list? Uh... Oh gosh, I have a lot. <laughs> I I think for sure I want I want to go um, to Montana for the antelope, um, elk for me as well. But that's definitely probably several years down the road for me. Um, but I will get there. And then I would love one day to do a mountain goat. Oh yeah, mm. very cool. But we're gonna have to get in major good shape for that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that western hunting and mountain and all that, that's no joke. All right, guys, third and final question that I have for y'all. We're we're upon deer season. It's right around the corner, if not already here in some places. Um, 
what is a we'll we'll narrow it down to Mississippi and you know with y'all having the bow hunter association and everything what is a big piece of advice y'all have for Mississippi bow hunters this upcoming fall play the wind be patient i think that's uh, um, safety, yeah. safety safety first yes lifeline get up in a tree lifeline yeah, get up in a tree have your have your vest on have your lifeline be safe always want to be able to go out for that next hunt absolutely yeah. 100%. Well, guys, once again, I really appreciate y'all coming on the podcast with us and joining us uh, for this week's episode. It's been awesome getting to talk to you guys about hunting and then the Mississippi Bowhunters Association. Really appreciate y'all. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, you, appreciate Sam. You Thanks for having us. us. Absolutely. And, yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on your website and order me one of those uh, Bowhorn Country. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, we're we're uh, happy to roll that out and, and show give people a chance to rep a little western pride um with those pronghorn shirts so um yeah guys uh, on that note fallobsession.com that's where you can go to to check out the shirt that derek's talking about um as well as some of our other apparel and then all of our content for fall obsession um revolves around fallobsession.com so be sure you guys check it out guys before i let y'all go i know you mentioned it early in the episode but just one last time kind of wrap up tell tell folks how they can find y'all on social media and then mississippi bow hunters yeah uh, well, mississippi bow hunters is uh, ms bow hunters assn on uh, instagram and mississippi bow hunters association on facebook uh, myself is Derek eves uh, on uh, on facebook and on instagram it's d underscore rock underscore 38 and um, also, I'm on Twitter as well. So those, uh, and I also have a YouTube page where I forget to turn the camera on for the shot. And that <laughs> is D. <laughs> that is D Rocks uh, D Dash uh, Rocks Outdoor Life. So Lacey and I are both on there quite a bit. Awesome. And also the um, website www.mississippibowhunters.com. Uh, you can reach out and join there, as well as apparel, t-shirts, hats, uh, decals. Um, also, I'm Lacey Jones-Vowell on Facebook and Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y, Vowell on Instagram. Very cool. Well, thank you all. And, guys, be sure that you go on social media if you're on there and uh, follow Derek and Lacey, follow Mississippi Bowhunters Association, um, keep track of their journey, subscribe to their YouTube channel. And then while you're there, if you haven't already, do the same for Fall Obsession. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, subscribe to this podcast. Hit that follow button on your favorite podcast platform. Um, and like I said, fallobsession.com, that is the hub. And on there, on our podcast page, we have a form you guys can fill out. If you have any questions or a topic suggestion for a future episode, you can send them our way um, from the website. Also, really cool, something that's about to happen within days of this episode coming out is we're about to do an Elite Cure giveaway as part of our Cure Your Obsession series. So um, be sure that you follow along and pay close attention so you don't miss that. It's going to be one of our biggest giveaways so far. Um, The beans have been spilled. It's out. So you guys be sure that you follow along and keep an eye out for that. Derek, Lacey, thank you guys once again. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. We enjoyed it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening, and we will... Catch you guys again next week for another Fall Obsession podcast episode.